Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 32 of The Redrive. A lot of info and updates kind of to bring you here this evening. Um, We got some show results, some sale results, a few different things to cover. Uh, Joining me uh, on the phone here is uh, Mr. Mark Hostetler. Um, I guess, uh, first of all, we'll kind of go over some show results here. Um, We got results from Loveland. uh, two sixes out there. They had 16 six horse hitches. Uh, the first night, uh, Young Living was first in the six, Jackson Fork second, Express third, Ames fourth, Messengers fifth, Blue Ribbon Day sixth, Zubrod Pertron seventh. Coming in eighth place was uh, Yoder Hay Company, Double S Belgians ninth, High Point tenth, Triple Star eleventh. Then it went uh, Johnson's Kiefer, Unhitched Solomon's. And then the second uh, day there in Loveland, uh, Ames won the sixth. The second day, Young Living second, Express third. Double S was fourth, Jackson Fork fifth, Messenger sixth. Yoder Family Hay Company came in seventh, Blue Ribbon Days eighth, Zubrod ninth, High Point tenth, Triple Star eleventh. Then it went unhitched, Kiefer Johnson, Solomon, and Flintstone. Uh, Mark, you have some sale results uh, from the Harrisburg, the Keystone sale. Yeah, I went out there to the sale in Harrisburg since we didn't go out to Colorado to those two shows. And uh, they had a very strong market out there, a nice lineup of Perchin horses and Belgians as well. Um, I do have uh, the Belgian mare's average 10,790. Uh, the Perchin mare average was 9,956. The Belgian stallion average was just over 5,000, uh, actually over 5,100. Uh, the Perchin stallions averaged over 3,200. I thought it was a tremendous market. I do not have the gelding average, so I apologize for that. But overall, I mean, the horses were fit. The horses were ready, and um, it it was an exciting sale. I mean, it was a good way to kick off the spring, uh, all the spring sales. Um, A couple of the highlights were um, the highest selling uh, Percher Mare was an Anderson's Bentley daughter. Um, MMO Percherans from uh, Maryland bought her for 35000 uh, the highest selling uh, stud was a, uh, a five-year-old country road prince son uh, that Lou Biddle bought for thirty-five thousand, and then the highest selling gelding was a gelding out of uh, Whispering Winds Cactus, a Belgian gelding uh, that Sherwood Grove bought there in Pennsylvania uh, for twenty-two thousand. But overall, yeah, it was a great market and a you know a, a good way to to kick off the um, the winter uh, so-called winter spring sale season. Yeah, and 27 head uh, selling for over $10,000. So congratulations to everybody, all the uh, consigners and the and the buyers out there. Uh, Denver, uh, everybody from uh, uh, most, they're not quite all everybody, but uh, majority of the hitches went from Loveland to Denver, where they showed here this past weekend, um, <clears throat> night one at Denver. Uh, Young Living won the sixth there. Uh, Jackson Fork Ranch was second. Double S third. Express fourth. Blue Ribbon Days fifth. Messenger sixth. Ames seventh. Triple Star eighth. Yoder Hay. Hay was ninth and High Point tenth. I only got the top ten here uh, written down here in front of me. Night two. uh, Young Living won again. Back-to-back wins there for the Young Living Essential Oils. Express was second. Messenger's third. uh, High Point fourth. Triple Star fifth. Johnson sixth. Yoder Hay seventh Ames eighth Jackson Fort Ranch was ninth and Blue Ribbon Days was tenth also a few of the uh, classic youth cart uh, results from Denver um had a very very good class of uh, of youth carts. Uh, Deanna Mitchell with Express won that class. Johnson Belgians Ava Ruthven she was second. 
And uh, Colton Decker was third, Leon Yoder fourth, Ali Hussey was fifth, Jess Fielding sixth, Sebastian Popoff was seventh, Taylor Coleman was eighth, Jalen Hirschberger ninth, and Owen Anderson with Johnson Belgians was tenth. There was your youth cart, uh, some of your Denver uh, Denver show results there. So upcoming shows, Mark, I uh, know you're uh, getting ready to head south to some warmer weather. Yeah, we've had a brutal stretch of cold weather here in southern Michigan, and I'm ready to head south. We're leaving Saturday morning. But, yeah, we have the Grandview Invitational coming up, uh, run by the Cobbs family there in Ocala, Florida, at the uh, Florida Horse Park, February 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then also the Grandview World Nights, um, also run by the Cobbs family down there at the World Equestrian Center. Um, And that will be held a weekend later at February 11th and 12th, so a two-day show there. I'm looking forward to it, and I believe there's 12 hitches going to be at both shows from what I hear, and uh, it should be should be a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to heading down there myself, uh, palm trees and draft horses, and uh, yeah, like you said, it has been cold, so looking forward to that for sure. We do want to thank uh, Kyle Forsyth, Brian Coleman, Kirk Messenger, and Rose Goodman for coming on, talking with us uh, here this week. Enjoy the program. Summit Professional Services, a graphic design and marketing firm who specializes in all things equine. If you're somebody who's looking for the absolute best in equine photography or need a professional ad design that's guaranteed to stand out from the crowd, make sure you check out Summit Professional Services, centrally located in northern Indiana and with over 18 years of combined experience between Joe Miller and Brian Yoder. Summit has what it takes to get you and your farm noticed. Interested in promoting your farm or getting an on-farm shoot of your horses or products, call Summit Professional Services at 260-702-9929. These guys are awesome. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, 260 to 9929 Summit Professional Services. Kyle, you're lead host man on this deal. No. I'm just going to sit here and listen to Coleman talk. Yeah, there you go. There and you the go. horse bang in the background. Yes. Does everybody pretty much moved in and settled in or Yeah, yeah. pretty close, pretty close. How many hitches do they take? How many are there? 16. 16. And then everybody will go to Denver, or is that, uh, are there going to be more or less at Denver? There'll be a few more at Denver. I uh, just they have a little more space. How long have Coleman, Brian, how long has the Loveland show, how long has that one been going? Do you it know? It started about 2004. It might have been 2003, but I think it was 2004 from what we're going back in our memories and trying to. And it's always it's always been in at that facility there. The what do they call it? The yeah. it's been at the facility. Uh, we didn't have it the one year. They had to rebuild the facility, so they uh, they had tore it down, and then we didn't have it the one year, and then they were back the following year. So it's, yeah, but it's been right here on the on this, this site since since then. And that's a really nice was, place for those that hadn't got a chance to go out there. I mean, the the scenery, like, I think Loveland is just absolutely beautiful. It was, uh, it was uh, J.D. Wyatt was kind of the guy who started the Loveland show, I believe. 
And who run, who runs it now? Uh, actually, the, the ranch here runs it. Uh, uh, G and the, the folks here at the show, they, they take care of, uh, you know, there's a, a few of us on the committee that kind of help guide them and okay. know, give them some of the industry input for what the show requires. But they run the, they run the show here, you know, on their own without, uh, without, uh, and that, a lot of input from us, just kind of ideas mm-hmm. and that's a big obviously a big equine facility and i'm sure they have something going on there all the time i know uh maybe this past weekend they usually have a rodeo or something like right before um but during wasn't it during uh you guys probably know better than me but during covid didn't they turn that whole barn into like a hospital or something yeah it was a field hospital and actually they uh, they took everything out and sanitized it and all the dirt actually the arena they they concreted the arena and uh, had it all set up as a as a field hospital oh wow huh that's interesting so what did they do with the arena now just add dirt on top or did they take the concrete back out came back in took all concrete out and it's all right back to original it looks exactly like the last time we were here maybe a little cleaner in general yeah i'm sure i'm holy sure, cow yeah. right outside our door uh where the you can drive in and unload your semis but now there's this like some sort of oxygen tanks and stuff where they were all hooked up pumping air into the where it was a hospital and uh anyhow the, it's a little trickier getting your truck in out i think a few people had to do some repairs to some latches on belly boxes that caught caught some concrete, <laughs> but uh-huh. so Coleman, what are your earliest earliest memories of of Denver and like the first time you showed there? Were you there from uh, like the the fir- very first show, and how did that all get started? And who started the uh, the stock show, the draft horse part of it? Well, actually, the Denver stock show was kind of. Uh, Re uh, reestablished uh, under Jim Nogendorf. Uh, Jim was part of a committee that put together and put that first show on, and that was around '81. Uh, there was no show there all through the '70s, and actually, I don't remember. I had heard at one time when the last show had been there, but all through the '70s and I think most of even the '60s, there was no no draft horses at the Denver Stock Show. So uh, Jim was part of the, the group that led that and, and started that show again. My first show at, at stock show was 91 and I've been there every year, but every year, but one since then. So it's been, uh, no, it's been a big part of our, you know, our own history, our personal history here being you know, the Western part of the, the continent. It's, it's kind of been our, one of our annual things that we do. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but wouldn't, uh, at, when Hilgendorf was kind of helped get that going, they probably would have been doing the uh, Coors hits. Correct. Yeah, he was out. Actually, he lived out here in Colorado at the time, and that was, uh, you know, part of what uh, he wanted to bring a show back here. And and the guys came out there, and they supported it very well. And Denver has hosted. Go ahead. Go ahead. When no. Loveland came no. along, it actually put both – both shows have been pretty much at maximum capacity 
since Loveland has come along, just because the, the two shows being here in the wintertime, very well attended with, uh, with both of them in conjunction with one another. And I don't know how many times exactly, but I mean, the, the Denver has hosted the finals is quite a few times through the nineties and the, the tooth. I mean, obviously since the nineties and stuff, not, I, I do wouldn't know how Correct. many years, yes. but quite a few times. Yeah. I don't remember the exact number of times, but I know that I've, uh, I've been able to compete in it a few times at stock show. And it's, uh, uh, there's just a, there's an atmosphere to stock show that it's hard to explain every, you know, every show kind of has its own atmosphere and stock show definitely has an atmosphere. That's, that's pretty special. Yeah. They get, they get big crowds in there, even throughout the day with the smaller classes, uh, always a lot of people sitting in the stands there. Yeah. And they, and the crowd really gets shows. into it too. I mean, they, you know, they, they like the draft horses and at, at Denver, that's for sure. I think both of these shows tend to have a large component of very knowledgeable. They're not there just for the general interest aspect of it. They're very, you know, they what they know what a good, a good group of horses should look like, and you know they can definitely get behind their favorites, and they 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 really get into it because they have a little more knowledge of it maybe than some of our general state fairs and and our bigger shows have. But they seem like they're. Uh, you know, a fairly educated audience that is watching these two shows. Maybe they'll let the judges know. They might might do a little booing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that they that's happened before in Denver. When you first came, Brian, to uh, Denver, was that for Lee and Marion Johnson? Yes. Yeah, Black Hollow Portraits. We've showed for. For Lee and Marion for for several years, you know, we worked uh, a year here in Colorado for them, and then after that, as our farm kind of became more established, they they would send horses to us and we'd bring them back down and show at that stock show and and love them both. Carriages, regardless if training, competition, commercial, or just fun around the farm, Twisted Luck Carriages has what you need. Being the exclusive agent for Koi Altex Carriages in North America, with Twisted Luck Carriages, the sky is the limit. A completely customizable shop, Twisted Luck Carriages can customize your carriage to fit your every need and desire. With 300-plus colors available and many options, including coolers under the rear seat, cup holders with console, and built-in Bluetooth radios, Twisted Luck Carriages can surely customize your perfect Koi Altex carriage. Also available new and used in-stock carriage inventory in the U.S. and Canada, as well as parts including tires, tubes, brake parts, etc. Call Rex Mann at 405-326-5623 or visit their website, twistedluck.com, for all your carriage needs. Once again, Rex Mann, 405-326-5623, Twisted Luck Carriages. How many different sixes have you shown at Loveland, Denver, or just Denver? It's been, it's been a few. A few. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had that number more uh, more prepared, but uh, 
I've, I've shown quite a few yeah. sixes that, yeah. And for, for going every year, how, how far is that from, from home, from where you live? I mean, it's, it's quite a ways. And a lot of times that for anybody that's traveled to Denver, like you get into some very interesting weather, don't you? It can be interesting weather. Um, although I would say that, you know, the years that we have traveled down, I mean, you kind of have to be prepared to go a little early and sometimes you have to adjust your travel plans a little bit, but we've never been storm stayed on the way to Denver or from Denver. I mean, we've, we've had to leave a day or two later and uh, maybe come home a day or two later just to, to avoid a storm that's going on. But, you know, all in all, our, our travels have been relatively event-free. Mm-hmm. Growing up all your life in Alberta, probably – a foot of snow probably doesn't scare you too much anyhow. <laughs> if somebody's not pulling you out of the ditch with a tractor, it was good good day to travel. <laughs> I would say that in general, over the years that I've noticed weather problems, more guys have trouble coming out of the Midwest with freezing rain, really, than we do coming out. Yeah. And not, uh, you know, not to diminish anyone or blow anyone's weather situation out of proportion but i would say the freezing rain i would uh, i would take coming out of the frozen north over freezing rain anytime yeah because i've there's quite a few people that have had problems coming across nebraska and stuff like that with wind and yeah that that can get really really bad yep it's a challenging time of year to travel there's no you know no matter where you're coming from when you're coming to well, I think that's the positive of having the two shows when when you are going to travel that far. It's a lot nicer to travel that far and do two shows and travel that far and do one. And uh, Loveland is, the, I think, the positive that they've always kind of had, too, is you can move in four or five days before the show starts, five, six days before the show starts. And uh, it's kind of nice to get there, nice warm barn, and get your six drove a few times on good footing and and uh, I think a lot of people take advantage of that. Yeah, in a nice in a nice uh, climate controlled barn, and then you get to lay over for another two days before you have to go to Denver too. And a lot of times you sure. get to you get to Colorado, and you know it could be seventy degrees one day and maybe forty the next. But a lot of times, like the weather is actually pretty nice. I mean, yeah, it can be really cold and snow, but you'll still have those, you know warmer days for sure yeah so what's what's uh what's a memory you have from brian from from denver that uh maybe some people don't know and something that happened that was uh you know either comical or runaway or something that a lot of people wouldn't know about There's a, there's a lot of them over the years. I know that, uh, you know, with, with bringing that, that many horses that we brought over the years, I mean, some of the great memories, you know, bringing our own, our own homebred horses and doing well with them there, you know, would be, you know, pretty special. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been the times when uh, things haven't gone according to plan. We, uh, drove, uh, a group of horses for, uh, 
Lee Johnson one year. Actually, we stopped after Waverly Sale picked them up on the way home. And they were basically running out on the range in uh, Nebraska. And we took them home. Gone broke. And they were actually driving pretty nice. But they weren't too used to people. So uh, anytime the ring man would come near them, they would just want to scatter. And oh, they didn't run off. But, I mean, they just wanted to shy away from him. And he just thought he was going to go up and, and help them out. And uh, stand there a little nicer. But I thought, you know, you just need to stay back. Because they're not used to people. So, I don't know. There's just been times like that when it's the <laughs> – show of the year and uh, some of the horses that Lee would send to us over the years were were not too uh, not too people friendly. I can tell you're at Kyle Stalls. <laughs> <laughs> you're office, you're sitting at Bel you're sitting at Belgian stalls somewhere. There's three uh three rows of Belgians all in a row here and we probably should have went a little closer to the Clyde alleyway. <laughs> I hope there's nobody sleeping in the barn real close there. It won't get any sleep. Three Belgian Niles in a row. And going back talking yeah. about the the crowds like Loveland, you know, this weekend they'll pretty much I mean sell tickets and and they'll sell out. And then Denver, you know, great crowd. And I, I can never forget, for, uh, remember the guy's name, but what's the announcer's name at Denver? Um, Paul Gingrich. Paul Gingrich. Paul Gingrich. See, I think he died. I love listening to him. And, like, his voice is such a uh, – I mean, when you hear it, like, it's – it's. I don't know. There's something about his voice, and there in Denver, I think he does such a good job with the crowd. Never met the guy. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even know him. But I think he does an amazing job. Sure thing. I always love when whoever wins the class drives out of the ring. Yeah, he always, he always barks their name like yeah. and extends it out. Like it is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah like he does definitely uh, bring that bring that atmosphere up a notch and definitely makes her uh, makes you feel like you got something special. Yeah, and going back to what you said, like Kyle, you know the 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 people there at Loveland, you know, are very hospitable. Like a lot of places you go, they might not let you move in so many days before, and and uh, you know, hang out there for two days, and because you guys are practically there for a full week or even more, and it takes you know people like that that are understanding and and that know what it takes to uh to travel with a hitch like this and get everybody you know to just you know the people at loveland is is what makes that trip worthwhile i feel like yeah i agree just the facility here is so fantastic in loveland that that really adds to it it makes it worth the while denver's the atmosphere of denver you can't beat uh i think they're actually there's a lot of construction going on in Denver right now, I think they're rebuilding a lot of the horse barns and stuff. Yeah, we're if plans go according to uh, you know schedule, we'll be moving into a brand new facility at Denver a year from now. You know, and I guess that's all subject to uh, availability. But uh, that's the that are that's the current plans right now. We'll be moving into a you know, brand new barn and a brand new show arena in 23 for the 23 shows will it be will it be right there where the other one is or is it completely new location it'll be a slightly different location but it's basically just across the tracks from from where we're at at now so it's going to be 
you know, very, very close to where we're at now. Interesting. Good deal. I knew they took out the, they took out a lot of the old yards and, and redid the cattle side of things, put a new auction ring and, and, uh, some new yard pens and stuff like that. So I heard they're starting to spend some money over there on that thing. So that's exciting. Actually, they, they just had the grand opening for the cattle facility here just a couple of days ago. Did Ames get a, the, a lot of the contracts for building that? I think they did. I think they did get a lot of the, the groundwork uh, for, for, for the new facility. We would like to thank Ship Shawana Harness and Supply in Ship Shawana, Indiana. Mr. Bob Schrock, if you're looking for products for the show ring or at the farm from A to Z, anything you need, horse nutrition, tack, you name it, make sure you check them out, shipshawanaharness.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit their shop in beautiful Ship Shawana, Amish country, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. And Saturday, 8 a.m. till 12 noon. Call Mr. Bob Schrock, 260 768 Seventy-two fifty-four for all your draft horse needs. And correct me if I'm wrong. The first year Loveland was was that after Denver? Yes, it was. One year we were uh, we went to Denver, and then we come up here to Loveland, and and then obviously went home from there. But but ever since then, it's been Loveland first, and then and then Denver, which, which does work better just because, you know, the schedule and the, the availability here at Loveland makes it so, pardon me, so much nicer for people to come in early and, uh, and then we can move straight from here to Denver, which does have a little tighter schedule, tighter space. So it's, it's a lot easier to coordinate this way for sure. And for some that have never been out there, Loveland's only, is it, is it an hour from Denver? I mean, they're pretty close. Just, yeah, a light hour, actually. Okay. Just north of Denver a bit there. Mm-hmm. Had you shown, Mark, you showed there last year, did right? No. No. No, it's been a few years. Yeah, it's been like four or five years ago. Yep. I think it was in 16, I believe, we were out there. The gray bunch. Yep. We had that, that year we had to stay an extra day. Uh, the highways were shut down over Nebraska. We had to stay an extra day. And on the way out, I remember we had to pull into Iowa 80 there at the truck stop. And, uh, we, we were sat there for probably two hours. It was just, a enough ice to kind of let the road crew get ahead and get some salt spread. And, uh, yeah, we waited it out there and, but it was, it was, eventful trip nonetheless you know the travel part of it but and kyle you you used to did you go with ted did you guys when you were with english yeah i started showing up these uh, a little bit when we had the clyde hitch in missouri at john king's uh and then when we were at ted's we came out uh one year one year was enough fitting horses for these shows in ted's barn mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when the birds would fly through the walls and it was 40 below as a whole a little tricky getting ready for Denver, but we did come out one year, and uh, and then since we've lived out here now, uh, it is pretty handy. I mean, it, when you can show, when you're from the West, you got to support these Western shows because it's uh, yeah, it's just kind of nice to nice to support them. That's for sure. 
and I would say it would definitely help your overall year travel is, you know, supporting the shows that are fairly close to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, good enough. Yeah, I think a few of the times that we went to Denver, it's hosted the finals. I'm going to say maybe four or five times. Yeah, I can't say I can't Denver hosted the finals. And I just, so I, I believe, okay, Wilderness won the one year. And didn't Shannon? Flat Rock. Ames won it one year there too, I'm sure. Triple yeah. Star won it one year. Yeah. In Denver. Triple Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's been in Denver quite a few times. Yeah, it's been here several times. Mm-hmm. How many hitches are at Loveland this year? There's 16 here. Uh, and then I don't know how many is coming to Denver. There'll probably be 17 or 18 mm-hmm. coming to Denver. Yep. Nice show. When the finals were back, back when the finals were at Denver, do you think, I mean, did, did people back then drive as much like to make it, they didn't drive as much to make it to the finals as they do now, did they? I mean, didn't like the, a lot of the mayor guys were kind of eliminated automatically because, because a lot of the mayor guys were, were breeding their mares more back then and stuff, or am I wrong? Yeah, it was probably a little lighter those years, some of those years. I think just the whole atmosphere around the Classic Series has changed. Yeah, I think it's... In recent times, as much as it was the time of year, I think it, it's just the finals means more now maybe than what it did at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I think see for the, for the finals is quite a bit more intense now. You know, you're, yeah. People are playing a lot harder for it. But, but even at that time, I mean, it was... It was well attended. It was it was very competitive. There was always good hitches. Yeah, yeah. That competed. Mm-hmm. I remember. I I don't know if it was in uh, ten or eleven when Ross brought his mares out there to the finals. Oh, I I forget who won that year. I'm not so sure that Ames didn't win that year. But I I. I think he was the only mare bunch out there that year. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure he was. That would have been right. Simpsons got one of two. You know what? Simpsons won it. You're 100% right, Kyle. Simpsons won it that year. Yeah. God, it was. Yeah, I bet you you're right, Coleman. It was six or seven. It's been a lot longer than I thought it was. Yeah. Because I remember Ross, well, at that time, he used to always, that's when they added the rule in there that you had to own three of the six. Yeah, <laughs> they made the Ross rule. Because <laughs> he would make it, then go borrow a whole bunch of mares to go out there and try to compete. <laughs> Just grabbing everything together to try to get there. <laughs> oh, shit. I remember being in the classic series meeting in the upstairs there in Denver, and that was the big, <laughs> the big talk. That was yep. the big talk. I was showing Clyde's and didn't have a chance anyway. I didn't even know what was going on. 
Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up, but I can't. Yeah, that was 2006. Simpsons won at Denver, and then in 2010, Flat Rock, and then 11 Wilderness, and 13 Wilderness. Yeah, or not unless maybe. Because he was second to Wilderness, the one. Yeah, that I went with Chad that year. We were second behind Wilderness that year. I think that's the last time they hosted it. I'm pretty sure. Two Mary Hitches in the top three in that, that year. That uh, that was when Bud was on that run. He went on about a 17 or 18 show run yeah. Yeah. with Gunvilles. He got the horses from Nelson, Jimmy and Paul, and all of a sudden he just got yeah. on a tear. I remember he came over. We were stalled beside him. <clears throat> <laughs> he came over and asked me to reset Bobby because he was hitting himself. I said, bud, I am not getting under that fucking horse and screwing him up for you. <laughs> I'm like, I am not touching his feet. Oh, shit. And he's like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, he just needs about an inch left less toe. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I don't care. And I think he got Freeman to do it then, but I'm like, I ain't touching him because he was on a roll. And yeah, like, I just wasn't going to mess it up for him. Nobody beat him. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brian, for taking the time to hopping on and chatting with us. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Glad to do it. The Young Living Pertrons, the equine ambassadors for Young Living Essential Oils, are brought to you from their global headquarters in northern Utah. Whether online or in the hitch, these horses are a powerful representation of the company's commitment to providing essential oils of the highest quality to families across the globe. These world champion Pertrons represent Young Living's founder, Gary Young's continuous pursuit of excellence. You can visit these mighty Pertrons six days a week at their home, the iconic Young Living Lavender farm in mona utah you can also see them in action as they compete year-round across the united states at fairs and stock shows including young living's annual falls festival and draft horse show hey joining us now we have rose goodman um thanks for stopping by for a couple minutes and talking to us rose i know you have a busy day well thank you very much yeah sure my pleasure so you you uh, know a lot of history about Denver, and that's kind of what we're sitting down and just talking to a few people about the history of of Loveland and Denver, and and take us back to uh, like uh, we were talking to Coleman earlier, and he said that the the draft horse shows there started back in around 1981, and uh, Coors was a big part of that. And I'm, I'm sure you know all about this, but I'm sure your dad, um, your Dad was had a hand in the draft horse show getting that started there in Denver, I'm sure, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. In 1981, they didn't have a for sure draft horse show, but David Adams from Iowa was showing Pertrons at the time. So he came out and he did driving demonstrations and his entire wagon was covered with Coors at that time. And so that was kind of the kickstart to say, hey, we're going to get this show started. Um, so that's what happened in 1981. And then and they started showing full-time in 1982. And then the show continued to grow after that exponentially. Um, the old stadium, I don't know if Brian spoke about that, but the old stadium Coliseum where the Hitches used to show um, 
was quite an adventure. There are several drivers that wear glasses and they'd come in from outside where it's 10 degrees, get into a, an arena where it's 75 degrees and they're blind for the first half lap. That was pretty invigorating to watch. Was that old Coliseum? Did that sit right where the, the newer one is now? It's actually, no, it's still in place. It's underneath where the Hall of Education, where all the trade vendors are at. And they do show some llamas and some cattle in that facility currently to this day. Um, all the draft horse people were stabled where the cattle barn is at now underneath. There was no new event center. The event center was built approximately 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And it really made it a lot better for all the draft horse exhibitors. There was a big hill that a lot of people had to drive down with their horses. And if it was icy, it was a, it was really treacherous. So the stock show has improved their facility quite a bit. And gosh, in the next 10 years, it's going to be an amazing facility. Yeah. That's what we hear. It's, it's even going to get better. Um, So like, was it the first couple of years, did they have, you know, a handful of sixes or, you know, from what I remember, it's a Denver has always been a, pretty big show um as it was it all i'm sure it, it and it was one, always one of the biggest i don't know one of the biggest draft horse shows going and like it was the only winter draft horse show um so was it tell me kind of the early years how how many horses and how that all went the early years you know a handful of hitches and and regional hitches not national nationwide hitches and nothing really from canada too much either so i think there were five or six six horse hitches the first year and again it was some, you know, just some real thrown together types of things and some people that were just regional here in, in the West that came. And as, as time went on and promotion went on, Jim Hilgendorf uh, lived here in Colorado at that time. And he really helped to try to, to bring more people to the stock show along with dad, my Dick Sparrow talking about it as well. And those two were really instrumental um, as far as the draft horse side to get more pitches to come to, to Denver and then, additionally, uh, Chuck Sylvester was the general manager of the National Western, and he was really, really impressed with the draft horses. And I think that that, that really helped to solidify the show becoming even better and better. So, And I'm so super excited because Mr. Kirk Messenger, who's been a longtime exhibitor at the National Western Stock Show, has just arrived as well. Very good. See him too. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be talking to him, too. Hey, Kirk, how are you? Hey Kirk, very good. How are you guys? Doing very good. good. Very Doing good. good. And uh, Rose, kind of picking up where. So the draft horses have always had a pretty strong presence at the National Western and on the show side, and then on the rodeo side as well. Um, how many years have they had a, a draft horse six do uh, do that rodeo or do a whatever they want to call it exhibition exhibition yeah uh because i know dick your dad like your family did it for years and you and jason did it for a long time um so the draft horse has always had a really strong presence there yes on the rodeo side the the exhibition hitches at the national western stock show for a period of time you may be surprised but the budweiser clydesdales did come in an exhibition there a bit too and then uh the leaders of the coors brewery um, they said, since we are such a major sponsor, we would like to probably not see the Budweiser Clydesdales come back to our rodeo. <laughs> Makes <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> you don't say, do you? And then, 
Yeah. And, and for a period of time, they had um, three different hitches that came in. They had a draft horse hitch, the stage coach with quarter horses on it. And then they actually brought some little ponies in and they had three different hitches in the, in the rodeo for, I don't know, probably eight, 10 years. They did that as well. Um, you know, I don't know what year they started using draft horses during the rodeo. Kirk might be better knowledgeable about that because he grew up in the American West and he probably went to the rodeo sooner than I did. I didn't go to the rodeo until 1981. So. Yeah. Ever since I was going there, it was there. The draft horses was there. Mm-hmm. But I don't, don't remember. So even when there was no draft horse show, they had the draft horses at the rodeo yes. doing the exhibition. Yeah. All those. Years. Yeah. But and, it was um, Budweiser. Yeah, it was Budweiser so. because, because the course, the course Belgian hitch didn't really start until the early 80s. So, yeah. That's when they kind of transitioned into having the show. Yes. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. And Jim Jim Helgendorf was a big, big piece of that. Yep. With the National Western. How many years did you do the rodeo, Rose? How many years? Did we, we did the rodeo here in Denver for nine years. You and Jason. Yeah. Yes. Under, um, with the Pertrons, uh, with Prefer Manufacturing, and then, um, with Jason and Goodman and Rose Goodman, just pretty under ourselves, we did the rodeo as well. And I believe now, the last few years, uh, was yeah, it, is it, I need to interrupt real quick, though. We did have an incident where there was a wild dog that got loose in one of the hotel rooms once during the National Western. I don't know if Jaron remembers that or not. I, yeah, that was, I don't know, probably eight, nine years ago. And I believe actually Kirk uh, might have seen that dog. He was around there that night, too. But anyway, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> no, I think we need to know the story. No, no. Kirk, tell the story. Very minor. Uh, there's, uh, I think the hitch that does it now is Broken Spoke Clyde's. They've been doing it ever since Jason and Rose um, done it last there a couple of years. Um, but they do a great job uh, representing the draft horses there over there at the rodeo now. We would like to thank our friends from Equalite, premium equine nutrition, helping your horse reach their maximum genetic potential because good health happens from the inside out. For nutrition questions or dealership information, contact Michelle Everett at 505 269 2571. Once again, 505 269 2571. Equilate. But, Kirk, um, welcome on the show. But, you're, uh, Kirk, you're on the draft horse committee at Denver, correct? Yes. Yep. And- I've been on that committee for probably six years now. Okay, and how many years have you been showing at uh, at the National Western? Uh, we started back in 80, 85, I believe, was our first year there. 84, 85. I was trying to think of that earlier today, but mm-hmm. it's right in there. So a few we years. The and uh, 86 was the first time I showed the sixth there. Kirk, how many times have you won the six horse hitch at Denver? <laughs> I've actually got to win Denver twice. Nice. Um, in 2001, and then uh, 17 years later, it happened again. So I didn't think it was going to take that long to do it again, but 
<laughs> it's a tough one to win. Right. I was just going to say that's a testament just to the competition <laughs> that always shows up in Denver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The other, the other part about Denver that's really interesting since uh, the American West use a lot of feed teams, the feed team races are a big part of the National Western as well. And I know um, it's a nice filler between hitch classes as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what we were talking about with Brian earlier too, is always a great crowd. And, um, like Brian said, the crowds, the crowd, uh, they're not just, you know, fair goers that decide to sit in and watch a draft horse show. Like these people know draft horses and they know the competition and they really get into it. There's always certain shows that just have a different vibe, like the Royal and, and Denver falls right in that category too. It's just, there's something about it that it's just a little more special to win shows like that. Yeah. You know, that's, that was my very first draft horse show to ever watch. We've seen uh, in 81, we've seen uh, David Adams there with the Coors Hitch, which he had Perkins. And that's the first, well, they had Coors flags on his wagon. It was the only thing. but um, And that's when they was getting it going. But uh, that was a huge that was our biggest inspiration was seeing the national western and the draft horses and that's what got my brother and i into it i think the other thing too so we as exhibitors you know we have a big camaraderie and we miss each other we don't get to see each other like covid has definitely proven that we don't get to see our friends Mm -hmm. and our friends are the draft horse group so okay you go and you show all spring all summer and then you don't see everybody. You might see them at a fall show, and then you don't see everybody until the spring sales. So Denver was a really nice fit to get to see more of your friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's helped to become a better national show. And it kind of breaks up the breaks up the winter months a little bit. And uh, I know a lot of people, even though they don't show there, maybe they just they go to go to the national western and 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 go to watch. But. Yeah, because there's you know there's other things at the national western too. Like there's a dog show, a llama show. Yeah, huge cattle show. Yeah, yeah. A lot of shopping. A lot of shopping to do. I did hear they canceled the. Uh, they didn't have the parade this year because it was too cold. Is that right? So there was a forecasted snowstorm, and then the parade would have a. The parade is really, really icy anyway, and the parade route is one way. So you get to the end of the parade route, and they turn you back into traffic. So you're on the right hand sh- lane with traffic in the streets of Denver. And if you have snow and ice, it's just really hazardous with horses. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, it was a great decision to not have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of horses. Um, they drive cattle through it. It's uh, yeah, it's probably a smart thing they did. Then would you consider that and it's right, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Downtown. It's a pretty neat parade. So you guys both, both have some involvement in the stock show. What's the future look like for the for the Denver Stock Show? It's had a historic past. The present's been wonderful. What uh, what are the thoughts and feelings on the future? Uh, from my perspective and uh, my knowledge, it's they're going to keep uh, rebuilding it um, or refurbishing it. It's uh, they just had a grand opening on the cattle barns there, stockyards. So it's um, hopefully next year, I believe, we will have new horse facility. Um, and it's going to be state-of-the-art. It's going to be um, 
you know, there's 1,800 parking spots underneath the, the um, where our stalls are. Stalls are going to be beautiful. Um, it's just going to be a state-of-the-art facility. Um, huge upgrade from where it is now. I mean, I think that as soon as we get down there, we'll see exactly, you know, the cattle barns and all give us a good, good idea of what it's going to be. I think, like, I think one of the best things that, that the administration for the National Western has done, Paul Andrews and his group, they have worked with the city and county of Denver to try to help push along the renovations for the facility. And not just to have it be a, an annual one-time use of facility, but a year-round facility. And that really helps energize the movement to get the facility built up really nicely. I went to the, the grand opening of the cattle turnouts and the new facility that they show out in the pens. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm confident that they're going to have everything really nice for us next year. It's beautiful. Yes, I agree. The Denver ring is always great to drive in. Um, be interesting to see the new ring. Will it be similar size? Do you know, is it too early to tell you on that? It's supposed to be the same size right now. Yes. And then there's going to be the warm up pin. That's going to be a bigger pin. I mean, it's going to be like the same size arena for the, our, um, you know, our warm up area, the stage in and whatnot. But yeah. The, um, the ring should look very similar to the one we have now. And you're right, Jared. That is a, uh, super, super nice ring. I love that thing. It's well, the corners, the like it's big, which is nice, but the corners are like perfect corners. Like you don't even have to hardly adjust the line. Right. You know, you just, if you run your horse into the corner, he's going to turn yep. nice. <laughs> and always has that nice, the warm up area up there gets everybody out of the weather. And then what Kyle was saying about the atmosphere, he kind of has that that longer ramp that goes down into that that nice arena. It's just a nice place. I've only driven a few smaller classes there, but it's always a nice place to drive and just great atmosphere and a lot of fun. And that's kind of a hometown show for you, Kirk, isn't it? Because you're how how far is that for you? It's a yeah, we're in Cheyenne, which is a hundred miles away, so it is definitely our hometown show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's you know so many of our fans and uh, people that have become our fans, you know, live nearby. And, you know, it, it does feel like a very hometown show for us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very good. <clears throat> Sounds good. Well, we appreciate you uh, sitting down and, and uh, chatting with us, Kurt. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And Thank you, Jeremy. <clears throat> you too, Rose. Oh, did she I leave? think she left. Yep, she <laughs> left. Yes, yes. Gardner Horse Training was established in 2002, breaking draft horses to drive. They are located in central Iowa and would love to help you with your breaking and driving needs. Make sure you call Jarrett for availability. You can call him at 515-360-6392. Once again, folks, if you have colts that need started or any horses that need training, check out Gardner Horse Training. Located at Central Iowa, Jarrett and Kelly Gardner. Once again, you can call Jarrett, 515-360-6392. We'd like to thank them for their sponsorship on the Redrive. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
Make sure you drop by our Reinhold Tack and Western Wear mailbag, podcast at naclassicseries.com. Once again, podcast at naclassicseries.com. Any questions or feedback you might have, we would love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and we'll see you down the road.